and welcome to the Expert Insight Show. I'm Donna Hanson. Our Expert Insight Show is designed to give professionals access to the latest trends, ideas, philosophies and approaches that impact on productivity, performance and achievement, both in business and personally. We know that these days it's often hard to find time to step outside your world and explore what's happening in other organisations. Our expert insight shows are designed to provide you with concise information on topics relevant to you on a regular basis in a format that maximizes your time and keeps you up to date on current trends. In this expert insight show, we speak with Emmy award winning journalist and best selling author Kate Delaney. But before we meet her, let me tell you a little bit about her. After five years and 550 rejections, it sounds a bit like Colonel Sanders, Kate broke into the male-dominated world of sports to become America's number one female commentator and talk show host. Today, Kate is a top business and motivational speaker whose unique background, common sense, straightforward approach opens the hearts and minds of her audiences and challenges them to get into action. Four former presidents and LeBron James are just a few of the 12,000 people in her 20 years in radio and television that Kate has interviewed. Kate has broadcast from places all over the United States and the world and is one of the first women to ever host a solo sports radio talk show in a top 10 market, WFAM in New York City and KRLD in Dallas, Texas. Today we speak with Kate about influential listening and how it can increase your productivity. G'day, Kate. Hello, Donna. What a thrill to be with you. Thank you so much. Oh, it's, it's great to talk to you. And yes, that does sound a little bit like Colonel Sanders with 550 <laughs> rejections. <laughs> Before we start, sorry. It's called tenacity or desperation. <laughs> I'm not sure. I like tenacity. It sounds better for all of your listeners. So I'm going to say tenacity. Tenacity, yeah. Now, Kate, before we start, I'm curious, and I'm sure our listeners will be too, how did you come to be the number one female sports commentator in the US? Because I'm guessing you didn't leave uh, elementary school thinking, wow, I want to be the number one female sports commentator in the US. No, I didn't. I think, Donna, what happened was I go to that perseverance. Once I finally broke through, I quickly learned what I had to learn and absorbed everything I could about all the pro sports, anything that was going on with uh, college sports, anything that I thought was interesting. And I became, I was already knowledgeable and interested in sports, but I elevated my expertise even more. So I found that I quickly rose through the ranks. I started off in a small television station and a radio station in Santa Barbara, California, and before you know it, I had my first syndicated show out of Las Vegas, maybe four years later. And I attribute that to really hard work, um, aggressively learning everything I could, going after big name interviews, being entertaining and, and cutting edge and, and taking a lot of phone calls and getting a lot of affiliates, which ultimately, how do I stake the claim of number one? That was bestowed upon me because of all the ratings I've gotten. I've got 3 million listeners now at this point, radio-wise, and the Nielsen's bear that out, the rating system. So that's how I can claim that I'm the number one female sports commentator in America. 
Wow, that is just so cool. Um, I'm a bit of a sports fanatic myself, but uh, I know that uh, that's a conversation for another day. Today we're talking about influential listening, Kate. What exactly does that mean and how did this term come about? It's a term that I came up with because I realized after interviewing, as you mentioned, that big number, 12,000 people, that I was a really good listener. And I became a good listener the more that I interviewed people and how I paid attention to some of the little nuggets that they would say in the conversation. And I taught myself the number one critical thing that you must know to become what I call an influential listener. You have to listen to understand, not to reply. And it's natural in a conversation to want to reply. Let's say you're on a job interview and you're you're really trying to be impressive and you're thinking about your answers and, oh, I need to say this, I need to say that. But you're not relaxing and you're not listening to what's being asked and, and how that conversation should go. Or you're an executive but what's next? You want to move to another level. You're trying to get on a board. You're going through a series of interviews. In your mind, you have exactly what you want to say and get across. And it's so ingrained in you to make sure that you get your points across that you're not at all focused on taking a breath and listening to what's being asked because then you're responding to what's being asked and you're having a conversation, you're not just replying with what you think you need to say. And too often, that's what happens. Mm. So is it more about listening and processing what you're hearing rather than preparing for what it is that you're going to reply with and and potentially not acknowledging if there were any questions or uh, any information that you should take into account before responding? Yeah, absolutely. I think that Sometimes it's, it's, and I'm a big preparer. I, I still believe in the power of knowing what you want to do, knowing what your desired outcome is, but you might get there a different way. It's like the world today. You know, there really is no ladder, even in many of the corporations where some of you are working and listening to us. I think it's like a jungle gym and the better, the more the better and the more adept you are at being flexible and paying attention to that and taking in the information, being a little more thoughtful about it, then you can reach back and use some of what you prepared and mix that together and have that just come out so much more powerfully and leave a better impression, frankly. That that brings up two things for me. The first is I think that a lot of our listening and lack of responding and not listening properly is an automatic thing because the processing happens so quickly in our brain. We, we're we taking in all the elements. We're taking in what people are saying, you know, any sort of visual cues, any verbal intonations. We're doing, we're like a computer in our head, I guess. We're just processing all these things and making assumptions and just moving in the appropriate direction. Would, would that be an accurate statement? I think it is. And, and to your point, let me throw a staggering number out at you. Ooh. Can you imagine? I know I love numbers. So imagine this, the average person, and I think it can vary. There's not a super, super hard statistic on it because we're all different. Our brains process things differently. I've looked for this number and it's kind of all over the map, but it's fair to say that all of us throughout the course of our day have 50,000 to 70,000 thoughts. So 
to your reference of us being a computer, that's all that information that's rattling around in our, our heads. So naturally, it is tough to pay attention, to block out whatever else is going on. When you think of having that many thoughts, that's incredible. Mm. Mm. Well, certainly that raises another question that I'm going to talk about a little bit later on with you, and that's around, you know, how that can impact on our productivity. But um, coming back to the concept of influential listening, is this something that you're seeing in the US in particular or or globally that's on the radar of of corporations now? And, And if so, how does it benefit them? It's interesting. I've spoken to a lot of corporations lately about influential listening. In fact, I just trademarked the term because it's becoming a a term that other people ask me, can they use it once I come in, that kind of thing. And I think listening skills, people have talked about listening skills for a long time, but how do you up-level that? How do you up your game uh, that much more? And with productivity being affected by, for example, salespeople, uh, sales managers trying to to close deals, let's say, and they're missing chunks of the conversation. Even if they feel like they're really trying, somehow they're not connecting. And if they could just up their game a little bit and practice some of the skills that I think go along with being truly an influential listener, they'll have those closer relationships and they'll be able to close some of those deals, I think, a little bit easier. So... It- that sounds like, and I, I guess I'm I'm trying to be an influential listener here. I'm listening. So it sounds like uh, it, it's a matter of um, making sure that at relevant, pertinent moments that can be um, where situations can swing one way or another, it's really about making sure you're in, intently listening and present in the moment to what's going on so that you can respond accordingly and be agile to be able to respond accordingly rather than heading off in a in a tangent. Absolutely. You don't want to go down what I call those rabbit trails, and it's easy to do that. And you have to be honest with yourself as we're talking about processing information so quickly. There's nothing wrong with and part of learning to be a more influential listener is asking for clarification. Ask powerful questions. Who, what, where, when, and why. Don't be afraid to when somebody's coming at you, maybe even with a fire hose to say, wait a second, can we go back over what you just mentioned? I think that's fascinating. And I want to get a a little more clarification around that because I think that'll help us as we continue our conversation. And boom, people are happy to do that. Instead of just taking it in, nodding your head, doing whatever it is that you're doing and thinking you understand what's being said, but missing, like I mentioned before, key chunks of information that could really alter the outcome of whatever the conversation is. Mm. So as well as that, the other thing that comes up is assumptions. When we're having yes. when we're having conversations, you know, often we make assumptions that the knowledge we have that we're sharing with others, they already know. So we might skip pieces or as a listener, you might hear something and go, I know that and then mentally just flick the switch. So you're shutting off on that piece. How do you, you know, do you have any suggestions as to how to stop that? Is it is it more just a matter of being mindful of those things happening and then practicing influential listening? 
Yeah, I think there is a way to practice that. And when and being mindful, as you say, is 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 great. That's what you want to do. I think a lot of times what happens is we have, let's say we have conference calls, Zoom calls, however you do your calls, whatever it is you're doing, whether you're listening to us and you're in HR and you have a day's full of people that you're going to talk to or whatever it might be, or you're going to an executive meeting or you're working on closing deals. I think the key thing that you want to be mindful of is first of all, to clear that mental clutter away the best you can. So try to give yourself enough space as you settle into whatever form that conversation is going to take to have a breath, to have a drink of water, to let your mind sit for a few moments before you dive into the dialogue. So often we race into something on our heels and then already we're kind of catching our breath. We're kind of rearranging the mental furniture in our mind, our to-do list from what is the time look like to, ooh, I've got to do X, Y, and Z, and I forgot about this. Just try to go as clear as possible. One thing that helps, I think, a lot of people, and I've had this conversation with Sir Richard Branson, and he's a very much an influential listener. He's able to pivot in the middle of a conversation. He remembers names. And he pays very, very close attention. He knows how to really, really focus. And especially in conversations is he takes that breath. He takes a moment to maybe have a little chit chat before he dives into whatever it is business wise that he's gotten involved in. Even in his personal life, he does the same thing. And he says a little bit of mindfulness and meditation in the morning kind of clears him, gives him a sense of... um, being at ease with whatever the day, you know, brings out and trying to be very present centered. Mm, interesting. So I'm, I'm concluding that the benefits to organizations include things like more effective sales transactions, interactions, more effective meetings, more effective interactions internally. And I guess the benefit of that to organizations is uh, there's less, uh, I don't know if if this is the right word, repair work, or there's less need to come back and fix stuff that hasn't been done properly, whether it's uh, a miscommunication, whether it's a proposal that doesn't hit the mark because you weren't actually listening to what it was that the client was after, uh, or perhaps you haven't made... Uh, your action items for your team clear enough because you haven't been listening influentially. Absolutely. You nailed it. That's it. Exactly. All those scenarios that you just presented certainly are possible. I mean, I'll give you an, an example. We all saw a couple of weeks ago on a very, very big stage. You saw what happened at the Oscars when there was the announcement for the best picture and the announcement was incorrect. The, They had two envelopes in locked boxes, basically briefcases. And what happened was distraction, lack of focus. Woo, we're almost done. The show's almost over. So Emma Stone, the actress who had just won Best Actress for La La Land, is behind the curtain. And the guy who has the envelope from Price Cooper's Waterhouse is only too happy to hand the wrong envelope to <laughs> Warren Beatty and Faye Dunaway, who are taking the stage because he's trying to he's trying to tweet things out. He's distracted. He's not focused. Instead of taking a moment, saying, "Hey Emma, I'd love to get a photo with you. She's gracious. I've talked to her in the past. She certainly would have waited for a moment. 
hand them the right envelope, make sure it's right. And then there's no problem at the end of the show with the wrong with the wrong picture being awarded as the best picture. Certainly got some traction, didn't it? Some coverage. <laughs> so if that was perhaps the intent. Yeah, they got it then. Well, the funny thing is he's not going to be doing that any longer. So hopefully he got all the selfies and got it to tweet out everything he could. <laughs> oh, no. That is uh, – <laughs> well, yeah, that's terrible. But see, on, on another scale, on a serious note, and the reason why I use that as an example, I have a lot of other examples – is because that's a nice piece of business for that company. They've had that business forever, for decades. And it it's, frankly pays the bills. So that's part of their economic engine, a high-profile client, which is the Oscars, which is what Los Angeles is all about. And they certainly didn't want to blow it to the point where the Academy decides, eh, maybe we make a change. Mm. Mm. And, uh, yeah, that's, like you said, a big chunk of business. So interesting to see what happens. Yeah. So so we've talked about the, the benefits. And so I'm guessing an extension of that is the, the impact on your own, your personal productivity and your organisational productivity. Let's just dive a little deeper into that. What, what does it mean for individuals, I guess, more particularly when we are influential listening? How can that impact on our productivity? Well, I think let's take entrepreneurs, small business owners, or just you as an individual in a corporation. Whatever your aspiration is in the corporation, of course, the more effective you are, uh, saving time, getting to the point quicker, uh, closing down business correctly, interacting with your fellow coworkers copacetically, because you're not having these miscommunications. You're not having misunderstandings. You're not going to meetings where they're not set up correctly. And I thought that we were going to do this meeting this way, but then it turns out we're doing it this way and we haven't invited everybody on the team that's supposed to be there. It really leads from the point of view of uh, if you're in a company and you work with other people, it, it leads to better relationships, being more connected because you don't have as much falling down around you. So you don't have to make excuses. You're not looking for the blame game and you're picking up your teammates. The better you are, the more effective you are on a team or as a leader. And if it's a situation where you're in a business and you're mostly on your own, you're a little more autonomous, you're more effective in working through your day and the time that you have where we know time is an illusion, but we do have it in our minds that we've got to do this, 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 X, Y, and Z. And then we have another list. And then we have another list after that. And the more you pay attention to what you're doing and you focus on what you're doing and you listen in those conversations that you're having with vendors, that conversations you're having with other people that you're trying to close business with, the closer you'll become to, the closer you'll come to getting to that point faster, uh, more effectively, and ultimately as an influential listener, you'll have closer, deeper relationships and much bigger business because you won't constantly have to go back and rewrite history, rewrite contracts, uh, go back and look at chunks of, of notes that were taken incorrectly. You'll be able to be on the so-called same page with the people around you. I think, yeah, that, that's excellent. I think you also raised some other 
interesting points, particularly around better relationships. I think the better your relationships are with those around you, it has flow on effects insofar as people are more likely to want to work for you, with you, and um, in partnership with you. So it's an attractive feature. It's like uh, beauty in a lot of instances. It's a, it, it attracts people to you when they find you easy to work with and they know that you listen, they know that you're inclusive and, and they know that you um, are quick and effective and, and responsive to whatever direction it is you need to go. So clearly, you know, there's there's so many benefits to it. Uh, influential listening and its impact on, a, on us personally, not just in our working lives, in our personal lives as well. As you as you said, Sir Richard Branson, you know, takes those moments in every part of his day, and as as we should, because nowadays the personal and professional life, the lines are so blurred between what the two are, and you know that in itself is another challenge. So, um, you know, I'm convinced already, and I know we could talk for hours, and we've got a few more questions I want to get through, and we're fast running out of time. Kate, can you tell me what's the single biggest mistake you see people make when they're in a conversation listening? Uh, the single uh, biggest mistake they make is they're completely distracted. They're not Sorry? really paying. Sorry, what did they're you say? Just, they're completely <laughs> distracted just like you they're not really hearing but you're saying sorry what did you say at least you're asking me i didn't hear you whatever usually people don't do that they just shake their head but they really haven't heard what's being said because they're looking at something else they may the most dangerous thing is they've got their iphone or some other form of mm. communication with them and you can see out of the corner of their eye they're trying to check what text is coming in and they are not focused they are not paying attention you can see their eyes are kind of uh glassy so they kind of get glazed over and that lack of focus means they're only hearing when we can't really hear everything that's being said anyway they're maybe only hearing 10% in some cases, and that's not a good conversation. No, no. So do you, do you have any strategies with the clients that you, you work with in that regard? Like, do you say, you know, in order to be an influential listener, you, you must check in your iPhones at the door or you must have agreement around what, what sort of um, what sort of simple strategies like that do you recommend to your corporate clients? Yeah, you hit one of them. One of the biggest things is the iPhone. And I know, I mean, we look, we can all say, but I'm waiting for this. I'm waiting for that. What did we do when we weren't able to have devices in our hands at all times? We went back to the office. We went out to lunch. We had a business lunch. We had a conversation or we were in another conference room having a conversation. We weren't constantly checking our text. So I think a key element, if the conversation is important enough that you do turn off your phone or put it away. And if you're at a desk and you're working that way and you're having that kind of conversation, meaning it's a Zoom conversation or something that's visual, you put that phone out of eyesight because then when you see the ping, that familiar ping sound that goes off constantly, you're not looking at that to check to see what's coming in. If the meeting, especially if the meeting is important enough, whether it's an internal meeting or an external meeting, whatever it might be, then you have to show the people that you're with that you value them, that you value the moments that you're with them. And nothing says that better than to not 
have your phone out or somewhere close by where you're constantly checking it. Once it wraps up, you can check it because it's too big of a distraction. The other thing I would say is what I mentioned before, you whatever your mental distraction is, I've got a notebook and I call it the daily. And I, it doesn't matter if I'm sitting on a beach in Maui or if I'm sitting behind a desk or I'm at a meeting. If I have, I call it the, the brain dump. If I have a whole bunch of ideas rattling around in my head, I take a couple of minutes and I would implore all of you to do this. Whether it's I've got to pick up Kiwis at the grocery store, the, uh, the kids need shoes for the first day of school, and we have to go tomorrow, whatever it is, whatever the list is, it can be something silly, it can be something important, make a list, it's written out, and then put it away, because you can go back to the list so you won't have to struggle in your mind to keep reminding yourself to remember what else you need to do, and you don't check out of the conversation to think about that two things there the brain dump excellent idea um, a number of years ago I was accredited to train uh, in an email productivity process and I always have a chuckle about this because it was to Microsoft staff <laughs> teaching them how to be more productive with their own product and one of the things that was part of that process was in fact a brain dump because we've become so connected that we we don't actually allow our mind to think all these thoughts and that's why we often forget things just yesterday I was talking with somebody who said they got a text message at eight o'clock in the morning saying I'm just checking to see if I got the date wrong were we supposed to meet at eight o'clock for breakfast and she'd forgotten to put it into her calendar and you know and I'm guessing too with your experience interviewing a number of former presidents and LeBron James I don't think personally I've ever seen LeBron James in a television interview the, the basketball player for those people who aren't sports um, aficionados um, I've, I don't think I've ever seen any of them you know conducting a television interview with an iPhone in their hand or or taking selfies with them um, with fans etc um, have you ever seen that in any of your no. interviews? No, no. Any interview that's whether it's been right when they've come off the court or whether it's been in a studio and I've done an interview, I've never seen that. They may have a phone with them. It's in a pocket. It's in a bag. It's some handler holding it, but not while they're speaking. And in fact, LeBron James is a great example because he really pays attention and he gives you his attention when when you're having that conversation with him, whether it's for a few minutes or or 10 minutes. And that's why his brand is so strong. That's why people like him. That's why he's a relationship guy and he really connects to people. Mm. And, and I'll ask the question because uh, for former presidents, I know that there was a lot of talk around Bill Clinton. Is he one of the ones that you've interviewed? They, they say when, when you're talking to him, he is totally focused on you and just that, that charisma of you being feeling like you're the only person in the world that just makes such a difference in your communication and, and impacts on the likability factor. Oh, absolutely. And that's why he was so likable. No matter what happened to him, he was able to get up and dust himself off. And, and in my interviews with him, absolutely, he was that way. He remembered my name. He was 
so gracious. He was very, very focused. He was not worried about what was next on the agenda. In fact, it's it's funny to bring him up because he would have, I thought he had some nervous aids, meaning the guys around him would be, you could see they were, you know, rocking back and forth and thinking, oh, come on, we have to get on. We have to move on to somebody else. We've got to do this. We've got to do that. And he was having none of it. He didn't care if he was stretching the schedule a bit when he knew, especially I was a sports fan and I knew a lot about Arkansas, which is where he grew up and the teams that he's passionate about. And of course, I'm a golfer and he's a golfer. He wanted to talk more about that. We weren't even talking about sports, but he dove in that direction and the interview continued on and on and on and on. And and absolutely, he has that high likability factor because he understands connection. And I guess when you've got that high likability factor, as you said, for LeBron, that impacts on his brand. So that impacts on sales. And um, obviously the same with uh, former President Clinton. And coming back to us as individuals, you know, the more likable we are, the easier it is to get people to do things for us, with us, and, and to work together in partnerships. So I think those sort of things, you know, taking it from the, the uh, you know, the high profile people, um, certainly uh, we, can, we can learn a lot from them, even though our lives may be significantly different. So uh, again, I could talk for hours, and I know you could too. What are some of the signs of people who, let's just say, aren't influential listeners? Yeah, it's you know, it's like we talked about before. The you can see when somebody is not looking at you; their eyes are kind of moving in a lot of different directions. Not because there's an an oncoming bicycle or train or something that's threatening the the conversation that you're having but because they're distracted and they're looking around for other red shiny objects if you're outside if you're inside wherever it is they're focused on something else whether it's in their head or it's something visual around them it's a number one clue that they are not an influential listener because they're not really paying attention another another real sign i think for somebody who's not let's say as you mentioned an influential listener is somebody who never asks a question. You you are having this conversation and it's very lopsided. And it's not because you're just drilling out instructions, but they're not really paying attention. They're hur- They're hurrying to get to the end. They want to wrap it up. So if it was a salesperson, let's say it's a realtor, they're trying to close a house, they just want to get to their line. Could you see yourself in this house? Well, they haven't paid attention to whatever else it is that you've said before that. They are listening just to reply, to get to the close, to get to whatever their line is. And what happens is you can tell because you're getting there so fast and they're not asking any questions. It's kind of like, and I'm sure you've experienced this when you've gone back in the day for job interviews. When you go on a job interview, I think the people that interview, no matter what the job's for, they think it's odd when you don't ask any questions. When they just tell you, okay, here's what it entails. Here's the hours, here's the expectations, here's the salary, here's boom, boom, boom. And you don't ask one question, that's a sign that you're anxious to get to the end of it and you're not truly 100% paying attention. Mm. So questions are a sign that you're interested and that you yep. actually truly are processing. So is that the key to becoming an influential listener, just that mindfulness that we talked about and uh, asking some questions or is it a little bit more detailed than that? 
I think it's a little more detailed than that, but those are, are a couple of the really big keys is really focusing, asking questions. I mean, if, if you had absolutely no questions, terrific, but I've never found that in, I remember I've interviewed over 12,000 people. I've never found that in any personal conversations I've had, any work-related conversations I've had, any broadcast conversations I've had, usually there with the give and take, there's some other sort of question that comes out from whoever it is you're having that conversation with. So I think it is a very big key. Uh, not paying attention, especially if it's face-to-face, -face, kind of a, a glassy-eyed look, eyes all over the place. Somebody certainly trying to catch a glimpse of their phone is a dead-on sign of, of that. I think another sign is, as I said, you can tell when somebody has their motor turning in a whole bunch of different ways because they can't even remember what the time is for the meeting. You mentioned this, not remembering, oh, is that on the calendar? Not thinking enough to double check to make sure so they haven't written anything down or put it in an iPhone or put it someplace where they remember. That's another sign. Another, another sign of somebody who's not an influential listener, and this goes to not remembering meetings, et cetera, even though they can change, and we understand that. But people who show up late, Usually people who show up late, there are other things you could attach to that, but you're not an influential listener if you're racing in at the last minute and you barely make it, unless there is some unforeseen crazy accident that happens. But usually those people are so conscious if they're an influential listener and they're a person who cares about who it is they're going to meet. They always let them know, hey, I'm running late. This happened, whatever happened, some snafu. And it's not the normal way they conduct business or relationships. Mm. Okay, so I've got one final question out of the blue. Multitasking, because we've sort of um, talked about that. Multitasking and its impact on listening. It's terrible. Uh, multitasking, and, uh, and listen, I know I can be a, a multitasker, but if I'm what you say is a true multitasker, I'm not doing that while I'm having a conversation. So I'm not putting my phone on... Uh, speaker and racing around and doing five other things in the meantime. Or if for some reason somebody caught me at an awkward time and they say, is this a good time? I really need to have X, Y, Z answered. I say, it's not a great time, but if you don't mind, I'm a little distracted because I have to print out my airline ticket because I have to get in the car and I have to go to the, the airport, but I'm, I'm willing to listen to you, but I may be asking you some questions. Great. Okay. That's fine. So it really is about not multitasking because the more you're doing, the more it's a myth that you can multitask effectively and really have a great conversation going and understand what's being said. Absolutely. agree a hundred percent. Kate, look, fantastic insights on what influential listening is and how it can increase our own and our organization's productivity. If some of our listeners wanted to get in contact with you, or I believe you've got a couple of books, where should they go? You could go to uh, katedelaneyspeaker.com, katedelaneyspeaker.com. That's a great way to reach out if, uh, if anyone has any events coming up and influential listening has piqued your interest, certainly ping me there. Or you can go to Amazon for the books, Invade the Man Cave, Level the Playing Field. And I just found out that Forbes is going to produce my next book, which um, I'm almost finished with. It's called Influential Listening. Oh, wow. Fantastic. So when's that expected to be released in the next sort of six months? 
Yeah, it's supposed to be out in the next six months, but maybe a little sooner, but definitely within that time frame. Fantastic. Look, Kate, thank you so very much for your time today and your insights on influential listening. Listeners, thank you for joining us for this Expert Insights show. For more information on our services, visit donnahanson.com.au or the three W's, primesolutions.net.au. Until next time, this is Donna Hanson helping you work smarter and not harder with technology. Bye for now. 